0: Hey there, welcome into another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. It's our first of 2023. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, charting a course for the new year. Your financial health, your physical health, where's the real estate market heading? Let's begin with your financial health. Costs were rising before the holidays. That hasn't changed. And now the holiday bills are starting to come in. How do you get on top of them? How do you stay on top of them? Mark Barysiak joins us from Insolvency Trustee Hoys michaeloson Mark, many of us have been down this road before, downturn in the economy, holiday bills need to be paid. It can be daunting, but it's not always insurmountable. Where do we begin to climb out of the hole?
1: First thing I would suggest is get organized and get a budget in place if you don't have one. Uh, the basic idea is get a plan for your money, what's coming in, where is it going, and get an idea of
0: your overall picture. And how do you go about that? You need to have a lot of paperwork in front of you or a lot of computer screens, I think.
1: Ah, well, it's different for everybody. Uh, Easier said than done, my first suggestion is get organized. So grab your credit card statements, grab your bank statements. Organize what income you have coming in, when it's coming in, and then go over what bills you have to pay and when you have to pay them. And then try to get a plan in place for what you're doing with each dollar. Appreciate it's easier said than done. There are certain apps or certain steps you can take, maybe getting an Excel spreadsheet or using uh, a phone app to help you get organized, but that would be the first step.
0: People tend to panic too when they they get to this point, and and maybe unnecessarily so? Uh, Yeah, it can be a shock, unfortunately, when you do see your credit card statement or your bills, and they're higher
1: than they are expected. It's a natural reaction, unfortunately, when bills are tight or money is tight. Um, But if you can get organized and get a budget in place, it does help seeing the larger picture.
0: I remember my dad telling me when I first started working and uh, bills started coming in and uh, things started to get a little overwhelming. He'd say, "Give everybody a little bit of something, and 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 they'll be happy. Something's coming in. Don't don't ignore some people for for others." But is that still a, a good practice? I, if it works for you,
1: then absolutely. There's a million different ways to budget. You got to find a plan that works for you. The pay as you go option is a good one. And the idea there would be to pay a little bit of each bill each month. So if you're paid bi weekly and your phone bill is 120 bucks a month, maybe every paycheck you pay your phone bill 60 bucks. It just helps you keep up to date helps your cash flow. That way you're not having any unexpected expenses appear in your budget to give you that shock.
0: And it does make things a little bit easier. And it doesn't hurt to reach out to these companies and talk to them because they understand, uh, I think for the most part, what's going on and they want to help you. They want to get their money at some point.
1: Absolutely. At the end of the day, a lot of these companies may be willing to work with you. Um, So open communication is always a good idea. No news is sometimes bad news. So if you have dialogue with these companies, it can not help.
0: Just don't ignore the bill.
1: That's unfortunately could be a, a bad option. Um, that may lead to creditor calls coming in a little bit sooner, which can increase your stress.
0: Well, the other thing too, I guess, if if you had contact with these companies and you've made arrangements, you avoid perhaps that hit on your credit rating as well?
1: Uh, well, it, it would depend. Um, it, unfortunately, if you do get put into collections and you make a deal with the collection company, it's still going to show up on your credit report. That being said, if you can work out an arrangement before that, it may not show up on your credit report.
0: Now, some people have have gone into tremendous debt over the last little while, and then Christmas comes along, and and it just starts to pile up and pile up and pile up, and Does't matter what they seem to try or do, uh, they're not getting ahead of the game. There are some other options, some of them very extreme. Bankruptcy, I guess, is at the far end of that, but there are some steps in between that, that you could take, again, uh, not particularly comfortable, but uh, will help get you through. Mm-hmm. One of those options would be a consumer proposal.
1: It gives you the same protection of bankruptcy would from your creditors, but it's not a bankruptcy. Uh, basically allows you to cut a deal with your creditors, to consolidate your monthly payments lower them and uh, reduce your debt. The typical example is usually reduce your debt to 20% of what you owe.
0: And that works out well for a lot of people and companies are okay with that?
1: Well, they are willing to work with you. At the end of the day, if you aren't able to afford your payments, they would rather get something than nothing. So if you can form an offer which is going to pay them a reasonable amount, that makes sense. The companies are going to work with you.
0: But there are still some bills that would have to be paid that can't be covered by the proposal?
1: The majority of your bills will be covered. There are some extreme examples, maybe like child support, spousal support. And then certain situations, if you have a vehicle, you'd continue to make your vehicle payments if you want to keep your car.
0: Okay, but the idea is to make things a little more comfortable for you and uh, almost get a clean slate going.
1: That's exactly it. Get a fresh start and a clean slate.
0: And are there negatives involved with that? Uh, any hits that you, you should expect? So it will affect your credit report. Uh, general
1: rule, if it's a consumer proposal, it's going to stay in your credit report for about six years. Um, but if you look at your credit, you look at it as a tool. What's your credit doing for you right now? And unfortunately, if you're at the situation where you're not able to keep up with your bills, generally credit at that point is not doing much
0: for you. Okay, so consumer proposal is an option. What's next on the list?
1: The bankruptcy option. So bankruptcy is going to give you protection from your creditors. Uh, It's going to lower your debt and reduce your monthly payments. The difference with the bankruptcy is you're not negotiating a payment with your creditors. So depending on your income and your asset situation, it might be a much
0: lower payment
1: over a much shorter period of time. It will affect your credit a little bit more harshly than the consumer proposal.
0: A lot of people uh, would be embarrassed to, to admit that they've gotten themselves into this situation. They're not alone. Should they be embarrassed to, to, to come out or, or are they going to be in a, in a better state of mind after talking to someone like you?
1: They shouldn't be embarrassed. Unfortunately, finances and debts can be a taboo subject, but at a certain point, you do need help. We're not there to judge. We're there to help you through the situation, find the best option for you.
0: All right. Somebody wants to get a hold of you. How do they do it?
1: Uh, give me a call. My local number is 705-719-4948, or they can find us at hoys.com. There's no charge. It's a free consultation. Uh, we're here to help, and we'd be happy to chat.
0: All right. Thanks for the advice. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Mark Barisiak is a licensed insolvency trustee with Hoys Michaelos & Barry. Right then, we've helped with your financial health. Now, let's get physical with some help from CanFit Pro, which keeps up with trends in fitness based on input from its members. Maureen Hagen is the chief executive officer. She's with Barry 360's Will Konkin.
2: What are some of the top trends for 2023, and and maybe what stood out the most from the survey?
3: Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, what stood out the most was that the fitness industry is back. The evolution is strong after the pandemic because uh, the fitness industry was pummeled by the continued lockdowns. So it is super exciting that we're back and we've evolved to be ready for the new and changing needs of Canadians. And as Canadians are seeking fitness programs, they're seeking ways that they can Seek fitness that's more accessible and efficient for what they're looking for. What I mean by that is as they age, looking for different ways to move that's friendlier on their body, less time in the gym, but more effective programs. Of course, the short duration, high intensity, but intervals at a level that everyone can work at is what we call the accessibility in programming. The demand in group fitness is growing stronger than ever, which is exciting. People are craving to get into a social group or that connection with like-minded fitness enthusiasts. Also, programs that are focused on active aging. The population is aging. The fastest-growing part of our population, believe it or not, is not only over 55, but over 85. They're looking to live more healthy and actively as previous generations. And last but not least, Will, people are looking for active recovery programs. They like to train and train for their sport, whether it's life or their favorite seasonal activity, but also they're looking to feel better overall, have more energy, recover from fatigue, stress, maybe from workouts. So we're still a lot more in yoga, hot yoga, meditation, Pilates, breathing classes, fascial stretching, all of the things that we might call friendlier fitness, although all fitness is friendly, but after recovery, it's become you know, really high on our top trends.
2: Yes, um, expressing these trends to the public seems like a good way to get people interested and maybe find new ways, like you're kind of saying, of of how to uh, work out and everything. Why should gym goers try new things and maybe change up exercises within their routine? Like most things
3: in life, first of all, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So if you're looking to seek results, whether it's in your work performance, in your Fitness performance and your overall health, you need to change things up. The body becomes adaptable over time. And the rule of thumb in program design and development is that we change things we change something in our life every four to six weeks to keep it fresh, keep you excited, keep you accountable, but also to see the results. And I always encourage people to even switch the order in which they approach their day or their exercise just to keep their body sharp, on point, and seeing change. And when you see change, it motivates you to continue to do those healthier habits. When you don't see the changes, it feels too much like work, and then you'll say, yeah, I think I'll leave this. It's not working. On to the next. It's really important that we continue to change, and knowledge is powerful but what is more powerful is the action you take with the knowledge that you gain.
2: Where can people find more information about this topic and the top fitness trends?
3: You can go to CanFitPro, that is C-A-N-F-I-T-P-R-O.com. The full trends and health and trends fitness report will be there. You can download it, educate yourself, and share it with others.
0: Maureen Hagen is Chief Executive Officer with CanFitPro. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer. We've met local singers and songwriters and a Barry woman who has a lead role in an ABBA tribute group. Also learn more about electric vehicles. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. still to come on what barry's talking about where is real estate headed in 2023 and it's been a while but barry is getting another children's choir we'll get the liner notes for that now this it's
3: cool to care on the anniversary of the betty white challenge furry friends animal shelter wants to keep betty's spirit of caring alive Voted Best Animal Rescue by the Berry Advance, we open our hearts, shelter, and homes to save more than 550 abandoned and abused cats and kittens a year. Those that don't find forever homes find one at our shelter. Please donate so we can continue the compassionate work that Betty, you, and we share. Visit furryfriendsberry.com. Thank you for being a friend. Cool to Care is brought to you by Mortgage Wellness, answering questions, solving problems, and maximizing your family's cash flow.
4: It's Cool to Care with 1075 Cool FM.
0: This is what Barry's talking about from Barry360. I'm Dan Blakely. The real estate market remains in a state of flux as we begin 2023. Prices continue to fall. Interest rates may rise some more. Sellers are holding off, waiting for prices to start rising again. Buyers are waiting, too, for prices to bottom out. But is that the best strategy? Luke Woolsey heads up the and District Association of Realtors. He's with our Ian McLennan. Uh, Luke, we're into uh, obviously uh, 2023 as we rolled into
5: the new year. I think people were well aware that we've seen a a drop in housing prices, but uh, people are also combating uh, higher interest rates. And uh, let's go right to the chase and crystal ball. What you're forecasting through the association in terms of where
4: the market is and where it may end up. Absolutely. I mean, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be a much wealthier man. But uh, what I can tell you Boost on the ground is, yes, prices obviously have come down since this time last year. But with interest rates being up, as you mentioned, uh, most people shop based on the affordability, based on the monthly payment. And because the interest rates uh, are what they are, it actually costs more today to buy a home at, say, our new average of 730000 than it did to buy at the million dollar average earlier last year. So when people are looking at what they can afford to pay monthly, they're making their buyer decisions based on that.
5: What is missing, though, in terms of, um uh, in 2022 initially anyway um reports of people you know skipping the home inspection uh uh you know
4: bid- bidding wars is that sort of thing uh- fizzled out some now? Uh, definitely some. And it was kind of all but forgotten for a little bit as inventory climbed uh, later last year when prices first started to come down. But now we're actually seeing record low inventory levels again, even though that the, um, you know, the feverish pace of selling isn't happening. There's very, very little homes on the market, uh, especially earlier in the, in, in the year right now and, and you know, finishing out late last year. Uh, so what we're seeing now is uh, people aren't as apt to go just right over asking or to or to skip a home inspection. But there are still situations where we're seeing that happen. Um, what we're seeing is homes are sitting on the market a little bit longer, but when someone does become interested, all of a sudden now there's two or three people interested, not 30 like there was earlier last year, but still two or three buyers for every home. There's still just not enough homes for, for the demand in the market.
5: Now, uh, Remax Canada, uh, their forecast for the very housing market predicted a 15% drop in housing prices translates out to about 114,000 off the microphone. You were saying we've, we've, Close,
4: we've close to leveling off here in Barrier already. Yeah, I mean, again, without a crystal ball, my my thoughts on and just what I see out there is, we I think we've hit maybe not the absolute bottom, but very close to the bottom in terms of what prices are going to do. Um, certainly, we're, we're plateauing on that over the last few months, where there's the decreases are not as stark as they were earlier in the year. And I think it's because people have baked in the interest rates; they understand what the market is now, and they're and they're getting back out there and shopping a little
5: bit. So the homebuyer trepidation exists some, or are you said that you know we're aware of the interest rate situation. There is talk the Bank of Canada will do at least one more hike and then uh level off some
4: yeah i do expect one more interest rate hike and then i think uh middle of the year is going to start to come down probably to the level we are now before it then uh later next year falls you know back to a little bit more reasonable level, if not where we were before. Um, but I think buyers are, they're still hoping, of course, to be able to time that market and get to the lowest price yeah. point they can buy. Uh, but history shows us that's not really possible. By the time you think you are at the bottom of the market, it's already climbed back up, right? The housing is what they call a lagging indicator. And is that a possibility, when rates do come down, that we're going to see prices going back up? I think we're going to see prices start to climb slowly, even before rates come down. I think they're going to start climbing very soon. Uh, not, not at an alarming level, but I do think we're going to start to see prices tick back up a little bit. Uh, And certainly by the time rates have come down at all, we're definitely going to see prices climb.
5: Of course, there's also talk that Canada is or will be entering a recession. It's not going to be a severe one, at least a lot of economists are saying. Um, How much of a factor does that R word play into the market?
4: You know, I think recession, obviously, it has a lot of implications for all markets as a whole. But I think when you get into those type of things, people, especially in Canada, tend to Keep their money in their biggest assets, which is their homes, less so than maybe they're not doing as many renovations. Maybe they're not buying as many home furnishings. Maybe they're not spending that, all those ancillary services that go with home ownership, but they are still going to be investing in their home and holding that as their asset because that tends to be the most stable one, especially in a recession. So I don't think we're going to see that affect housing prices. If anything, it'll be the opposite where people are kind of trying to lock their money into those safe assets.
5: Now, there has been a big correction I'm reading an article in southwestern Ontario, places like Windsor, London, Kitchener that took off initially with the pandemic and, and pulled back quite a bit. Was Barry in that same situation though, or are we a different market compared to say the southwestern
4: Ontario? Again, growing communities too. Yeah, I I mean, Barry definitely took off during the pandemic and it's had a, a serious pullback since. But if you look at where we were at the starting of the pandemic versus where we are today, we're still significantly above where we were. We were sitting at an average price point of about $450,000 pre pandemic And now we're sitting at an average price point of about 730000 I mean, that's still a huge increase over a couple of years. But earlier last year, we were sitting at an average price point of almost a million or actually over a million at one point. So that's, you know, we've gone way up and then we've came way down, but not as far down as we came up.
5: Housing affordability, obviously, an issue the government's trying to address that um, uh, both the pros and cons with the green belt and what have you um, there's been talk of you know people buying you know
4: teaming up almost together to buy a home
5: what are you seeing out there in terms of you know who's
4: out there buying right now we're in a market where again there's not enough inventory for everybody the answer to that question is everybody everybody's trying to buy a home um, but in terms of you know teaming up and things like that we are seeing definitely a lot of gifts from parents who are pulling equity out so their children can buy homes before you know prices go up again we're seeing a lot of multi-generational things where people are pooling money to, to buy larger homes and things like that. Um, but the answer is, depending on the price point, everybody's just trying to get into a home that fits their family or their needs. And uh, the only way to ever make that lesson is to build more homes.
5: And uh, let's let's package it together. As we, 2023, I'm buying or I'm selling. In a, in a nutshell, what... What sort of advice would you give?
4: Well, I mean, if you're buying and selling, to be honest, the, the right time to do that is when it's right for you. It doesn't really matter what the market's doing because the one you're selling could be up, the one you're buying will be up, or vice versa. If you're trying to get into the market, though, what I'm telling people is even though it may not look like it's the best time right now, again, people are shopping based on those monthly payments, they're looking at what they're going to spend every month. But if you can get past that, if you can muster maybe a little bit of higher payment right now, you can buy at these lower prices. And then when the interest rates come down, you still own that home at that lower price and you can refinance or take the variable rate or whatnot. But if you wait, until you think you're at the bottom and interest rates have gone up, now you're going to be on the, on the rise in prices and paying the, the interest rate as well.
0: Many eyes on the real estate market, none more so than those of Luke Woolsey, head of the and District Association of Realtors. After a couple of years without, Barry is getting another children's choir this year thanks to Glowing Hearts, a charity which empowers children and youth to realize their full potential. Here again
2: is Will Konkin with Glowing Hearts chair Sarah Fleming. So Sarah, tell me about this children's community choir you created.
6: Yeah, we are really excited to fill a gap in the community. There aren't any community-based children's choirs in Barry. There was one that existed Uh, Before the pandemic, that hasn't resurfaced, so we wanted to use this opportunity to create a program that is open to all children in grades 3 to 8 to be able to access uh, a community choir where it'll run for 12 weeks and is completely free for those who need financial assistance and just $60 for those who have the financial means to do so.
2: When does it start and uh, where will practices take place?
6: It starts on January 23rd and will run for 12 weeks, but we've accounted for, in case we have an inclement weather day, we have the space booked for an additional week in there as well. And the rehearsals are from 6.30 to 7.30 at Hillcrest Public School in the library there. They have a nice tiered stair situation that is great for a choir to rehearse on.
2: And then um, what does the commitment look like for participants? Do they need to have any experience prior to this at
6: all? None at all. As long as they have a willingness to learn and, and participate and get involved and attend rehearsals, we will work towards a final performance that we are still sorting out. But no previous experience is needed. There's no need for, you know, music reading ability, no auditions. It is open to those who are just purely in grade 3 to grade 8.
2: Will it just be singing or will there be any instruments in with it as well?
6: For this first program, as we get things started, it's a funny time to start a choir in the middle of the year. Usually, you know, you start it at the beginning of a year, and that's our goal for next year, is to have a fall program that will go until December, and then again, like this year, January, uh, until May. And so, our hope is to For a final performance, be able to incorporate some of the local community organizations, possibly some musicians from the Huronia Symphony, or there's a brass band in Aurelia, so that audience members get the opportunity to be involved and see other instruments engaged, but not likely for the singers this time, but you never know what will happen down the road. There's also the potential to incorporate some of our other groups, our our other music programs in future opportunities, depending on the timeline. And we have some exciting things that uh, are in the works also for the fall where we can collaborate together. So, yeah, we're really excited.
2: Is there a cap on uh, the number of participants that will be able to uh, put their name into it?
6: Not right now. No, there isn't a cap. Um, That's one of the nice things about a choir is that we have the capacity to have more students involved than we would with some of our instrumental programs right now.
2: And then uh, who is going to uh, head the choir?
6: The uh, choir director is Cinda Fleming. Uh, She's a Toronto-based musician, conductor, and composer. But she has roots in Barrie and um, has for decades, and she has a ton of experience in Bachelor of Music, Bachelor of Education, Master's in Music, Master's in Music, uh, sorry, Master's in Education, and she's currently working on a Doctor of Musical Arts, and she has a lot of experience leading church and community choirs, school choirs in Toronto and uh, in York Region, as well as over in Switzerland when she was a teacher over at an international school there. And she's really excited to be involved.
2: Oh, wow, that's a lot of experience and uh, knowledge to be bringing to your uh, organization.
6: Yes, it sure is. We're very excited to have her.
2: And then uh, music at uh, Glowing Hearts has really taken off. You recently received uh, the money from the Music Counts uh, TD uh, program, and now this. It seems to be a big focus on music.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of... Our, our main initiative, because there are so many benefits to being involved in music education and financial, the you know, the cost is a huge barrier to families, and we don't want that cost to be a barrier for, this you know, the kids that we support through Glowing Hearts. And being able to run a program like the choir also allows us, by having... Uh, Participants who are paying as well as those that we are covering the cost for, we have the potential to cover the program itself just by the participation in the program. And so it's a win-win for us. This way also, participants aren't known or identified in any way as being someone who's, you know... A client of Glowing Hearts Charity It's just a group of people coming together to make music and to learn and to have all those opportunities that music programs offer.
2: Where can people find more info about it?
6: So the choir specifically is at glowingheartscharity.org slash Simcoe Youth Choir, or if people go to the glowingheartscharity.org website and go to the program page, they'll find a link to the choir page.
2: And then uh, is there anything else you'd like to add?
3: We
6: do have a fundraiser coming up on January 20th, uh, Euchre Night and Silent Auction. And the Silent Auction is online and goes live on January 13th, this Friday, but... um, January 20th, we still have tickets for sale, only $20, and 100% of the money that comes in through the Euchre Night and auction will be going towards programs like our music initiatives, as well as our food programs, and so on.
0: Sarah Fleming is the board chair of Glowing Hearts Charity in Barrie. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian and Will for their input, Matt Ladder for his technical expertise, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, Barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.